Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast. I'm Gavin Shaw. Today, I'm joined by Brad Myers, a longtime high school sports reporter for the News Journal in Delaware, where he got to cover the Delaware Michael Jordan. That's right, Dante DiVincenzo, how the newest Nick became a star. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. I want to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day because that would make you an everydayer. And if you want to be an everydayer on the video side, just remember to like and subscribe and hit that notifications bell so you never, ever miss an episode. And be sure to do the same on the audio side. You can also now text Alex and I. That's right. All you have to do is check out our subtext, which you can do by clicking the link in the episode description just for $5 a month. You get to text Alex and I whenever you want, and you get access to exclusive content. Um, our first thoughts on any breaking news, our first thoughts post games. It's going to be a lot of fun. We are really, really excited to be getting into that. But without further ado, uh, we are talking Dante DiVincenzo. Um, even going back to his time at Villanova, I was always intrigued by that Delaware Michael Jordan nickname. I was like, what, what, what made this dude such a legend in high school? Well, I found out, and now you're about to also. All right, guys, as promised, I'm joined by Brad Myers, a reporter for the News Journal in Delaware. You can also find their work at Delaware Online. Brad, thank you so much for joining me. Um, We're talking Delaware hoops. We can only be talking about one guy, or at least in regards to the New York Knicks, and that is, of course, Dante DiVincenzo. Um, I want to start from the beginning with you. Uh, What was the first time you remember ever hearing this kid's name? Well, Gavin, thanks for having me on. He's the Michael Jordan of Delaware. You right. know, that's that's uh, what uh, the Villanova coach, Jay Wright, uh, calls him. And, and, and that's a very apt description. I think he's he's our uh, most uh, kind of – Delaware is a very small state, and he's our, our most famous, I guess, uh, uh, basketball – our best uh, basketball player ever from Delaware is Elena Deladon. Uh, WNBA uh, MVP, mm. and she actually, uh, her and Dante trained uh, together, or at least have in the past, with the same uh, coach here as a, a local trainer who's very good. His name is John Noonan. But the first time that I saw Dante DiVincenzo was as a high school freshman uh, at Salesianum, which is a, an all-boys private Catholic school in Wilmington, which is our, our biggest city. And he he was uh, not the best player on the team at the time. I think I saw him in like his first or second high school game. But you he, you know he was about six two six three. He wasn't seven feet. He wasn't dunking everything. So you couldn't just instantly say, "Oh, there's an NBA player." But you could you could the first time I saw him, you could tell it's like this kid is different. He's different than the other kids that we're seeing out here. He has athleticism the others don't have. He can he was so fast and he could jump so quickly. He could get off the floor so quickly and it seemed like he could hang in the air. You know, they would all jump at the same time and then a half second later he would still be up there. You know, it was just that kind of his his athleticism 
was just off the charts. And you could see that if he continued to work at it, you know, and, and his size was good enough, you could just see that, that you know, he had an incredible future. Um, what, what was the team like his first year? And was there kind of a singular moment that put him on the map? I mean, I, I guess initially for, for Delaware and then maybe early in his career, even as like kind of like a big time, like, all right, this is going to be one of the top 125 or so recruits in the country. Well, really, really his junior year is when they, they really put it uh, all together. Like I said, Salesian was a private all boys school and it is by far the most dominant athletically high school in Delaware. We're a small state. We have about a million people in our population. We have about 55 high schools, I think. So not, you know, there's not a lot out there, but Salesianum had won, I think, over 150 state championships in all of the boys' sports throughout the school's history. But the one thing that they had never won was in a boys' basketball state championship. They had got they had a lot of good teams. They had gotten to state finals. They had lost championship games in overtime and heartbreaking ways. It was the one thing that they had never been able to do. And then in Dante's junior season, uh, so had a, a a player, a six seven center named Brian O'Neill, who uh, was six seven two hundred pounds at the time. But he went on to become six, seven, three hundred pounds. He went on to play football at the Pittsburgh and then uh, became a second round draft pick of the Minnesota Vikings and is now a right tackle. I think he has a 90 million dollar contract. He's a pro bowl uh, player. So so he's a great uh, NFL football player. But at the time and Dante's junior year, Brian O'Neill was a senior and he was the center on that team. And he was kind of their team leader. He wound up being the, the boys basketball player of the year for Delaware high schools. And um, they got to the state championship game at the Carpenter center at the university of Delaware, which is our big arena. It holds about 5,000 people. Um, it was absolutely packed, sold out. The game went back and forth and Salesianum won at the end. And it was, so emotional because um, they have a ton of alumni. Salesian is, is kind of like a college, is, is more of a, a college than a high school. They have a lot of alumni that are around. It's kind of like Delaware's version of Notre Dame. Mm. And, and they had, there were old men in the, in the stands uh, after the game, hugging each other and crying, you know, 1963 Salesian graduates. Um, so, when they won that championship, that was a really, really big deal in the community for, for Salesianum and all of their, uh, you know, all of their alums. And obviously, uh, you know, Dante played a great game, played a great role, but Brian O'Neill was the leader of that team. And, and then this, the second championship when Dante senior year, that was even more dramatic because. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you about that because what was, I can just imagine the, pressure on him and I I think I was reading some of your pieces on him and you and you kind of alluded to that because I I know at points that year they they kind of struggled a little bit got off to a little bit of tough start we're playing tough competition like what was what was kind of that acclimation process for him going from being like like one of the guys to the guy not just on his team but in in the state yeah well you know his senior year yeah I think he had a lot of pressure 
um, there was some speculation that he was going to transfer away from Slazianum and go to like a Philadelphia Catholic League school, mm. which uh, some some very good Delaware high school basketball players have done in the past. Uh, there's a lot of great schools up in the Philadelphia area, and they said, well, you know, he needs more exposure. And, and I said, he he's already signed with Villanova. He's got all the exposure that he needs. I mean, he's signed his college scholarship. So so he he's at, at Slazianum, and since he was such a great player and was already – you know, on the national radar as a, as a Villanova recruit, they had lost most of the team from the year before. And I think they just had one returning starter along with Dante and uh, a bunch of young guys. And, and they early in the season, because Dante was on the team that got them into some big games against some, some big regional and national teams. And they weren't ready for that. And they lost those games. And then, they just struggled throughout the entire regular season. And, and I, I always thought that they had this great player, but they didn't have very much around him. And I, I thought their coach, Brendan Haley, did a great job of trying to get the other four players, the other you know five or six players who were going to contribute that year to be as good as they could be around Dante. And, and, I think Dante easily, I think he probably averaged 20 points a game as a senior. He could have averaged 40. Uh, you know, if they had just given him the ball and just said, you know, go do your thing, he, he could have averaged 40 points a game. But they didn't want to do that. They wanted to, you know, get roles established in the team. And obviously he's going to be the leader. He's going to be the go-to guy. But they wanted, you know, to get other guys to score and, and to contribute more. And it didn't go well, you know, and I, I know they had some tough times in the locker room too, uh, some harsh feelings, I think, uh, from what we understand from time to time. So they went 10 and 10. In Delaware, you only play 20 regular season games. And they went 10 and 10 during the regular season. That's not very good, you know. Yeah, just just to clarify, were, were the harsh feelings directed like – towards Dante or was it Dante frustrated with his teammates or was it just kind of a general frustration? Like we're, we're not as good as we were expected to be or oh, we're not I, performing like we were expected. I think it was this frustration on everybody's part, you know? Yeah. I, I, All right, guys, we'll be back with Brad in just a sec to continue talking about Dante's legendary high school career, his national championship game for the ages at Villanova and why he's going to make an incredible impact on the New York Knicks. But first, it's officially summer, and a new season means new clothes. But your closet shouldn't be the only thing growing when you make those purchases. Now you can also watch your cash back grow with each purchase with Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 a year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Or you could use that cash back to buy that flight you've been eyeing, the game you're dying to go to, that next game you're dying to go to, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED. 
obviously the expectations were high. They have this great player, you know, and, and I mean, people were telling me they've got the best player in the state and they're 10 and 10, you know, I mean, they lost to big regional teams, but they lost to some local teams too, you know, and, and, and you just, you know, with that guy and that, but then I, I would tell everybody during the regular season, you know, when we get to the state tournament, that coach, coach Haley, he's going to turn Dante loose. You know, I said that when you get to the single elimination where if you lose your season's over, I said, I think he's going to turn him loose and, and, you know, he's going to start scoring a lot of points. They're going to really rely on him. And I think they're going to be hard to beat because he is the best player in the state. And that, and that's basically, that's exactly what happened um, uh, they they played four rounds in the state tournament. We only have one class here. There's no big schools or small schools or anything like that. It's all one thing, and and uh, they won a close game against St. George's in the first round of the state tournament. St. George's um, just a couple of years ago also has an NBA player, uh, Nishan Bones Highland. Oh yeah, We're uh, with the yeah. Uh, Denver Nuggets. Uh, yeah. He went to Virginia Commonwealth, and and now he's he's been traded with the Clippers. He's He's a three-point shooter. He's instant offense. He was fun to watch in high school too, but uh, I believe he might have been like a freshman. Or uh, I'm not sure if they overlapped. Maybe not. He came along later, but but Salazianum won that first game, and then they had a great game against Apoquinimink in the quarterfinals, and uh, New York area fans may remember Miles Kale, who went to Seton Hall, had a yeah. very good career at Seton Hall, um, he was the big star for Apoquinimink, and I think he scored like 31 points in this game, but Dante scored 34, and they won. I think he hit seven three-pointers in that game. He was just phenomenal. He was just absolutely lights out. And then um, they got to the semifinals, and they played Mount Pleasant, which is a team that had beaten them by about 15 points during the regular season and had a very, very good team. And Dante just turned it on, had another huge game, and and they won that. Then they got to the the championship game and um, trying to go for after after forever not winning. They're trying to get two in a row. It's another sellout crowd, and they played Polytech, which had only lost one game the whole year, and they had two six eight uh, players who went on to play in college, uh, two good players. And, and that's a lot of size in Delaware high school basketball. Uh, and I just remember, uh, the, the big thing that sticks out in that game was they kind of lobbed the ball down to him on the baseline in the second half. It was a close game. And both of these six, eight players from Polytech went right at him with their hands up and he's on the baseline and he just faded away, falling out of bounds, swished his jump jumper. And I just I just said, how do you guard that? You can't. I mean, here's two six eight guys with their hands up, and he's like a foot over both of their hands. And, and just, you know, if he makes that shot, it's like that's that's there's nothing you can do. So he he was just uh spectacular uh in that game and and, and he really in those four state tournament games, he really became their the leader, you know, and 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 they just it took them the entire season. But in it, it, when they got to the postseason, they just kind of found what they needed to find, you know, and and, yeah. and they had they kind of let their great player lead the way, and they and they won another 
state championship and and send him off uh, to Villanova in the right way. I, I was going to ask, what, what was he like from a personality perspective in high school? Because it seems like there, there's almost, and, and you know better than I would, but almost two sides to the guy, which is maybe true of a lot of guys that come through the Villanova program, but like very humble, very team first. But I remember when, when I was first like kind of watching him and becoming a fan of him during like Villanova's second title run, when, when he obviously well, we'll talk about it in a bit, but that, that incredible Michigan game, the defining characteristic there, I would say, and what I think people fell in love with was like, like here's like this like ginger white kid from Villanova, and there's like a real swagger there, like a confidence, and like and like the shot you described over the two six eight guys. I mean, to me, that sounds like a microcosm of that. Was that something like even early in his high school career, you could tell like, all right, that that's just kind of him, and and maybe just came from being dominant at all ages, and like what was just kind of the balance between someone who's like humble, like maybe a little bit soft-spoken at points, but also like has a real inherent confidence in himself. You know, Gavin, my sense of him, he, he was always, to me, he was a quiet, low-key guy. He, was, he, he had this spectacular athletic ability, but he was never like flamboyant, like look at me, mm. you know, like celebrating with his hands up in the air after a big dunk or a huge play or anything like that. He, he was, uh, he was, very polite, well-spoken. Um, I think it was his, his senior year um, early in, I was at, at uh, uh, like a, a game, like the first of uh, well, the first games of the year at, at a, a, at a gym. And he had just come to watch with some of his teammates and he's like the big man on campus, you know, at Salesian. And, and he broke away from them, came over and sat next to me and, and just stretched out in the bleachers. And he was just asking me about some of the teams and some of the players and some of the people I liked. And, you know, here I'm the old high school sports reporter, you know, uh, not a cool guy. And, and it, here's the cool guy uh, from high school. He just, and he just, you know, cr- trying to soak up some knowledge. They get my thoughts on some things. And, and so he was always just interested, but he was so polite and, 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 uh, you know, just a low key humble guy. Uh, you know, he could have, he could have been really, you know, uh, I, I don't know what you, uh, he could have been really, it's all about me, but he yeah. was never like that. You know, I haven't, I actually haven't talked to Dante since he left high school. I mean, we have other guys that do college and pro sports, so I haven't talked to him, but, he, he is still just revered in Delaware. People still talk about him and, and the great plays that they saw him make. I mean, the, the greatest high school play that I saw Dante is as great as that shot over the two, six, eight guys was they were playing St. Mark's, which is their Catholic school crosstown rival. And uh, it, it was at St. Mark's and one of the St. Mark's guards made a steal out at the top of the key. And he's going to go out, just go cruise down for the layup, two easy two points. Dante was back under the basket. I think he was posting up. So he's like 25 feet behind this guy when it happens. And you don't, you're not even paying attention to Dante. He's so far behind the play. And you're just like, all right, this kid's going to go in and lay it up. And Dante just went streaking down the court, came out of nowhere had blocked this shot like right at the, he just looked like a streak and everybody i mean the kid who shot the layup was just stunned like where did that come from what how did that happen and the crowd just went crazy because 
I mean, everybody there was just like, I've never seen anything like this before. And, and he could do that. And, and I seen still in the NBA every once in a while, you know, when, when they played Michigan in the uh, Villanova played Michigan in the championship game and he was so phenomenal. Rounds, but to me, the biggest thing he did in that game is a Michigan player went up for a two-handed dunk and Dante went up and blocked it with both hands, took, took the ball away from – I've never seen anybody – you've seen a lot of block dunks, a lot of block shots. He went up with two hands and took it away from him. So that's, that's just the kind of just off-the-charts athleticism that he can display sometimes, even – at the NBA level, he can just every once in a while make a make a play that just makes you just say, "Wow," you know. And, and uh, to have seen him play in 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 a small state at high school, uh, it, it still just brings back a lot of great memories. And and like and he and he was a really really nice young man. And, and we uh, we had Mike Jensen on earlier this week, who's a columnist for the Philadelphia Inquirer, and he was kind of talking about how Villanova. Um, like going into the error that was defined by by now the three Knicks, uh, Josh Hart, Jalen Brunson, Dante, of course, Mikhail Bridges, Chris Jenkins in there as well. Um, they kind of got back to their roots as a program where they had access to the five star guys, the consensus top twenty five guys, and they and they had kind of built teams around them, and those teams sort of fell apart and, and they were a little bit too young and a little bit too inexperienced and then guys would leave for the NBA early. And Jay Wright sort of reassessed, and it felt like he was like, all right, I gotta go back to getting slightly lower ranked, not even necessarily lower ranked, but guys who were, I guess, defined by their toughness, by their personality. Um, and we're going to stay at Villanova and develop and, and kind of emerge down the road as all American type guys. Josh Hart was certainly that guy. Chris Jenkins was certainly that guy. And then Dante was certainly that guy. What was the process like? And, and I guess as long as you were following it, did you think it was a foregone conclusion that he was going to go to Villanova? Or was there a point where he was really strongly considering another school? You know, um, obviously, I followed his recruiting. I don't think there was much of a recruiting process at all. I don't really remember him. I mean, I know other schools knew about him. I mean, it, it, there's no doubt that, you know, he, he sticks out. As the, I'm sure Villanova was not the only school recruiting him, but he seemed to be locked in on Villanova very early in the process. And I don't really remember other schools really being in the mix with him. It was just always just Villanova. And, and, and it seemed back at the time, it seemed like a really good fit Jay Wright and, and just, uh, and it turned out to be, you know, it turned out to be, that was a great place. I mean, you know, like I said, with his athleticism, he would have been a good player at any college, uh, but, I think he really thrived at Villanova. He had some, he had some problems with injuries his first year uh, and, and wasn't able to play the whole year, but then his second year, he just really took off. And in his third year, he, uh, he was just phenomenal. And of course, at his absolute best in the, in the championship game, uh, you know, and the, one of the, uh, one of the other cool things I think about Dante DiVincenzo is he's only 26 years old Um he won two state championships in high school basketball. He's got two NCAA championships at Villanova and uh, his first NBA team. He's got a championship ring with the Milwaukee not, Bucks. Not a bad resume. So, you know, that, that's a winning pedigree. I mean, uh, he's been on a lot of championship teams already. 
You know what? If he if he brings one to New York, I'll 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 argue to the death that that that'll that'll be the biggest one. Um, how how did you? I mean, just just watching as a fan, how, how did he improve in his time at Villanova? Was obviously to your point, freshman year, it was, it was just the injury. But I, I think looking back on that run, and this is something that Wildcats fans remember, but Knicks fans maybe don't know. Like to your point, that sophomore year, he started having these really big games and it kind of peaked even though that NCAA tournament run um, in the 16, 17 season was ultimately disappointing for Villanova and they lost in the second round. The silver lining of it was Dante put up 18 points per game in those two tournament games. And you could kind of see the seeds being planted for what was ultimately that breakout season. And then a year later, that breakout national championship game against Michigan, but just from a skill perspective, like how did you see him get better at the college level? Well, in high school, he was a a streaky shooter, you know, he, he could, like I said, uh, in that uh, quarterfinal game in his senior year, he had seven three point shots. And a lot of those for like five, 10 feet behind the arc. He was phenomenal in that game, but he wasn't phenomenal every night shooting the ball like that. So, and also he could sometimes struggle hitting free throws in high school. Um, so you just thought, you know, when he gets to college, gets some great college coaching from Jay Wright and the staff there at Villanova that, that you know, more time in the gym, uh, playing with and against better players. Uh, you just thought, you know, he's he's going to need to shoot better, you know, at the as he goes up, continues to go up higher levels of basketball, college and pro. And and uh, certainly he, he got, to, you know, he had his career high uh, three-point uh, percentage shooting so so I think he's continually gotten better as a shooter uh, which is very important you know for somebody his size even with all of his athletic uh, gifts and everything when you're six four in the NBA you you've got to be able to shoot you know if you're if you're going to last so so he's become a good shooter and uh, you know I, I think he's just fit in really well on every team. I think that he's played in and he's played in different roles, you know, his junior in high school, he had Brian O'Neill as the leader of that team. And he was kind of the, you know, kind of the, the, the Batman and Robin thing, you know, and then, then obviously he took over as the leader of his high school team in his senior year. And then, you know, college is a different thing. And he, he, he figured out a way to, to fit in there. And then, you know, kind of seemed to emerge as a leader there at the end of his college career. And then, you know, you go in the NBA and you're with the Milwaukee Bucks. And, you know, I think probably at that point, your your job is to throw lob passes to Giannis, you know. <laughs> I mean, uh, so it's a little bit different. And so, but, you know, he, he fit into that well. He got traded to Sacramento, which, you know, a lot of people say, yeah, that's, that's, you're just going to disappear there. I think he fit in well there. You know, and then uh, I thought Golden State was just a great, great situation for him this year. I, I thought that was going to be the ultimate for him because, um, you know, you're not going to if, – if you're not Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, you're not going to get guarded very much there. And, and I thought the way he could run and jump his athleticism, that he would really thrive in that offense, and I think he did. Um, and I thought that was really a great situation for him. But I think the Knicks are a good situation for him, too, because I think his game is adaptable. Uh, it, you know, he's not going to be the best player on the Knicks, uh, but nobody's expects him to be. That's not going to be his role. But I think he just he just fits in well everywhere 
he is. And I think that's part of that's his skill set. And I think part of it is his personality. You know, I, I think yeah. he can. So, um, I, I mean, I, he's become a solid NBA player. He's still and will forever be the Michael Jordan of Delaware. And, uh, and so, uh, everybody in Delaware is proud of him. And, um, you know, I, I, he's having a great NBA career. Uh, he's got a, a big contract here, I think four years, $50 million. That's, you know, really great financially for him. And so, uh, I, I think he's really maximized his physical gifts and, and, and made himself into a very good basketball player. And I, and I think Knicks fans are going to enjoy watching him. Yeah. I've, I, I, I want to echo just everything you said, but just as a fan of him, I was excited when he went to Golden State and I thought it would, I mean, it would be the closest approximation to what he had at Villanova where like the level of shooting for the college game was just revolutionary. Like they, they were playing five out basketball, but they had the athleticism to survive it on defense. And, and when he went off in that game, it, it felt like a product of, of Villanova. I mean, that, that whole tournament was them just breaking other teams with their shooting, with everything that Jalen Brunson could do. And then when DiVincenzo got hot, it was almost like one variable too many. And I know, um, I think it was John Beeline coming out of that game said like, hey, like we didn't play that well tonight. We could have played great. It wouldn't have mattered. Like Villanova would have beat us anyways. And he was, he was kind of the cherry on top of that performance. And in Golden State, you saw a lot of the same stuff where he had the ability to cut off of Steph, to cut off of Draymond shot over 40% from three and had three or four feet of space on most of those shots. And that's, that's kind of the big question I have with him coming to New York is can he shoot 37%, 38% with a bit less space, but having that chemistry with a Josh Hart with a Jalen Brunson and, and playing with like in the second unit, like a great creator in his own right in the manual quickly. I'm, I'm pretty confident in what he could do. I'm a, I just wanted to finish on this. Like after that Michigan game, what was what was the vibe like in Delaware? Like, was he just like could like could you go to a grocery store and like avoid hearing the name Dante DiVincenzo at that point? And like, wh- wh- where do you think when it's all said and done, like he'll go down in like the annals of like maybe like great Delaware athletes and 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 just sort of most famous people to ever come out of the state? State. Oh yeah, he he's he's right up there. You know, like I said, he's he's the Michael Jordan of Delaware, and and uh, still a lot of people talk about him and. Uh, you know, if we have a pretty good high school basketball player now, you know, they'll, they'll start to, well, you know, he's pretty good, but he's not, he's not Dante, you know, I mean, that they, everybody here, they just call him Dante, you know, he's, he's on a first name basis uh, in, in Delaware and, and he's very well known and, and he's, and he's, you know, like I said, he, he, he never had any kind of controversy or anything here. So, so uh, I think uh, a lot of people in Delaware keep up with him and they're proud of him. And, and um, you know, I, I think he's going to be a good fit with the Knicks because I think he would be a good fit with just any NBA team because his game is adaptable. Uh, I, yeah, I think, it just, like you said, I don't think it, his offense is going to come as easily as it did with Golden State. But I just think that he'll find a way and he'll fit in. And I, and I think he'll be, you know, just uh, – a good, a good player for, for them. And I, I mean, I think he could, he could play a, a, a solid role at this point in his career on, on any NBA team. You know, I, I don't know if he could be, you know, a number one scorer on some team. I think if, you know, if he was going to be your number one option at the NBA level, I don't know if he could handle that, but, 
but you know, the Knicks have a lot of good players and I, and I, I think he's just going to be one of those guys that's like, there's another guy you got to worry about, you know, and, and he will have some, uh, he'll have some great games with the Knicks. I mean, I think he'll, he'll have some games where he pops up and he has, you know, 25, 28 points. And, and, uh, you know, so, um, I, I think he's a good fit with them and, but, but yeah, we love him here in Delaware, and uh, you know he's he's certainly one of the most legendary athletes. We have had some good athletes here. We've got about six or eight players in the NFL from from Delaware right now. Uh, we've got some guys with some Super Bowl rings from Delaware, so we've had some some really good athletes. But Dante absolutely ranks right up there with anybody. Yeah, I'm I'm incredibly excited to watch him and I think I think that was outside the fact that he's not six seven six eight like I think everyone agreed he was perfect for the Knicks from a cultural perspective from a skill level and and the chemistry he obviously has with with the Nova guys but Brad th- thank you so much for uh taking us into uh, what he was like in high school um it, w- it would be cool to ask him about it someday just like what what that whole experience was like like being like the guy in an entire state it's pretty cool um but before I let you go can you just tell everyone one final time where they can find them all, all your great work covering uh, high school sports in Delaware yeah, I cover uh, high school sports here in Delaware. Uh, Brad Myers, Brad Myers TNJ on Twitter. Uh, the News Journal is our newspaper. DelawareOnline.com is where you can find all of our uh, high school things. If you go back into the archives, I have written a lot of things about Dante if you're interested in that. So uh, I just really appreciate you having me on, uh, Gavin, and uh, good luck with everything. Yeah, thanks. You too, Brad. And I, I can I can advocate for everyone to, to go back and read those articles because I, I, I fell into a rabbit hole and I I really enjoyed uh, finding out I mean just just how big he was in high school. But um, until next time, this was Locked on Knicks and we'll talk to you soon.